We are pleased to have Mr. Josh Davis, five-time Olympic medalist and former captain of the United States swim team. He is the founder and director of USASwimmer.com, and Josh, we are thrilled to have you this afternoon, uh, sink or swim. Uh, we will hear Josh preach uh, following hymn number 594, omitting verse 2. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for this little slice of heaven where we are amongst friends who love you. Thank you for the gift of music and the gift that you've given all of us. I pray that we would be good stewards of our gift, motivated by your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thank you for being here. My name is Josh Davis from Texas. So I'm a proud Southerner like you are, but more importantly, a proud American. But even more better than that, I'm a proud Christian. I'm very thankful for that Jesus Christ saved me and that I came to that knowledge of what he did for me on the cross. And I'm very excited to share with you this in this Easter season as we focus our thoughts on the power of his resurrection and what his death and resurrection and love and coming back to life has, has done in our hearts and how it's changed the world. Um, just to go back a little bit, though, I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, and sports was a big part of my life. And I enjoyed doing lots of different sports, and my mom made sure I tried everything. In fact, the first sport I did was ballet. And I couldn't appreciate being the only guy in a class of 40 girls. But I quickly got into other sports, and as I went through basketball and baseball and soccer and tennis and gymnastics, even pole vault, I realized I wasn't that good at any of them, but I loved competing. Finally, when I was 13 years old, I decided to try a whole new one. I decided to try swimming. And when I went to the big club, the big pool, to try out to get ready for high school when I was 14, I went to the big pool with the big fast swimmers and the big fancy coach, and I did my best to try out and to improve and to show off for him to maybe make the high school team the next year. And the coach pulled me aside, and this is what he told me. Son, you're not very good. You should switch sports, because you'll never make it as a swimmer kind of a negative thing to say, don't you think? Well, thankfully, I went home that day, and with the encouragement of my parents, I decided to focus on the positive, to set my goals, and and to make a long story short, instead of switching sports, I switched coaches, and everything was fine after that. (laughs) The moral of the story is, it's amazing what happens when you get a great coach. A great coach is someone who believes in you, encourages you, and teaches you truth of how you can operate your very, very best. I'll say that again. A great coach, like a great teacher, a great mentor, someone who believes in you. And they cheer you on and they encourage you. And they give you skills and information and knowledge. They give you truth of how you can operate and be the best you can be. And I'm so thankful I got this new coach. And he cheered me on. He taught me technique. And he taught me about motivation, nutrition, and all the things it takes to be great. And I listened. and And I applied it. And it worked. Within one year, at 14 years old, I was the fastest on my team. As a sophomore at 15, I was the fastest in the, in the city. And as a junior and at 16, I was the fastest in the state. And at 17, I was the fastest in the country. And that gave me a scholarship to almost any college I wanted to go to. And being from Texas, we went to the University of Texas. And, and it was very exciting to go to college. After all that hard work, I was one of the best swimmers in the country and built up my resume and was very excited to go to college. And I was getting ready to maybe do some things I shouldn't be doing. And, but uh, I, I got to college, and I was so excited to be free. 
And, you know, freedom. I, when, I, when I talk to high schoolers, I can just see it in their eyes. They want to be free, too. They're just ready to go off. And, and I was like that. I was so excited to move into the dorm. And I could go to bed whenever I want. I could eat whatever I want. I could do whatever I want. Now, of course, I was training hard and studying hard. And, you know, had this incredibly intense schedule. Training four hours a day and studying four or five hours and going to school four or five hours. I mean, it was a very intense schedule for a young person. But I was excited to be free. Unfortunately, I wasn't that free. You see, freedom, a lot of people think it's the ability to do whatever you want. But I have a better definition. True freedom is the ability to do the right thing whenever you want, regardless of what anybody else is doing around you. You see, that's true freedom. And I didn't have that. And when I was 18 years old, I just... Wanted to, the guys to like me and wanted to fit in and was lacking moral fiber and character. And so, if, you know, when the season was over, you know, we pride ourselves on training hard. But when the season was over, we partied hard. And so I just did what the guys did. And I made a lot of bad decisions. And unfortunately, I, I wasn't following Christ. I wasn't even listening to my parents' advice. And I was doing lots of things I shouldn't have been doing. And God allowed me to go through a, a season of <laughs> where it kind of got to the point where I was at the bottom of the barrel. I don't know if you've ever been like that, where God allowed you to go through some hard times. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said something along the lines of God whispers to us in our good times and he yells at us in our bad times because we're finally getting in a place of humility. We're at the bottom of the barrel where we've got to look up and we finally listen. And I was in that point at the end of my freshman year in college. And several thoughts came through my mind as I was stuck in bed for two weeks. My mom picked me back home, took me back home to school, or from school to home, and I laid in bed for two weeks and I was... Just going nuts. You know, it's so frustrating to be stuck in bed. And as an athlete, it drives you crazy. And the thoughts I had were, if I keep doing this and living like this, this, something bad's going to happen. And then I had this thought. And I don't know why the rest of the human race doesn't have this thought. And I don't think it was from me. I think it was from God. And it was this. God created me. He knows how I best operate. So surely I can trust God with every area of my life. And I was just like a, you know, like a falling off of the scales. I was like, oh, this, this seems, makes so much sense. God knows how I best operate. If I trust him with every area of my life, he'll make something beautiful out of my life. See, what I was doing wasn't working. So I needed something else. I needed something outside of myself. And, and this, is what, this is what I realize now. So even if I did know what to do, I didn't have the power to do it anyway. And I realized I needed something more. And it was interesting, all those years of sitting in church and all those, those Wednesday nights of going to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and all those times of where God's word was going in one ear and out the other, I think all those little seeds of truth finally came to fruition. And it was there when I was 18 years old, sitting at home in my bed, that I came face to face with who Jesus Christ really is. He's not a liar. He's not a legend. He's not a lunatic. He is exactly who he says he is. He is Lord of the universe. And I need to make him Lord of my life right now. And I realized then and there that I was going to be very different. There was going to be a whole new paradigm, a whole new perspective. And have you ever thought about what the word Lord means? I think they still use that word in... In Britain, you know, Lord Stockton owns all this property or something like that. But we don't really use the word Lord, but we understand words that communicate a hierarchy of authority. 
For example, in Texas, I'm acquaintances with Governor Rick Perry. I don't call him Ricky Baby. (laughs) I call him Governor Perry. And I've had the pleasure of going to the White House three different times now. After every national championship and every Olympic Games, you get to go to the White House. I've been to Olympic Games and a national championship. I've been three times. I feel like Forrest Gump. I got to go to the White House again. But it's so exciting to put your Sunday best on. You go through the security and you're standing in the Oval Office waiting for the door to open. And then out walks the most powerful man on the, on the planet, the President of the United States. And you're at full attention as he reaches his hand out and you reach her your hand out. And you don't want to mess it up. You want to respond in just the right way. How much more should we respond and have a posture of humility, a stance of attentiveness before the Lord of the universe, the one who created everything around us, the one who created you, the one who loves you more than you can ever know, and the one who wants the very best for us? How much more should we respond in just the right way? And I knew then that my life would never be the same. And to put it in a nutshell, I made Jesus Christ my head coach. And it's amazing what happens when you get a great coach. A great coach is someone who believes in you and encourages you and teaches you truth of how you can operate at your very, very best. And there's no better head coach in the whole universe than Jesus Christ. My favorite verse of all from the Bible was in the prayer today. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In our pluralistic, multicultural society, that can be a very offensive statement. But I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And we have to analyze his life. Was he reliable? Was he trustworthy? Can we follow that statement? Can we follow him? And I believe we can. As as we look at the life he lived for 33 years, as we looked at how he treated people, as we looked at the legacy he left us, as we looked at how his life changed the world and made it a better place. And then on top of that, he died on a cross to take away all the mistakes you and I have ever made. And he came back to life on Easter Sunday morning to prove that he was God. And he's still alive today in the hearts of millions of people around the world. And he came alive in my heart over 20 years ago. And I am so thankful I had Jesus in my life to help me reach my potential as a young man. And I really needed Jesus in my life to help me be a husband. It was there in college a few years later. I met my wife, Chantel. She was on the volleyball team. And I remember meeting Chantel for the first time, and she was like ice queen to me. She would not talk to me because she had such high standards of who she was going to spend time around. She was a really godly lady, and she loved Jesus. And she had heard stories from my freshman year, my B.C. days, my before Christ days, and she was not impressed. But now I was a junior. I was established in Christ, and I really kind of stepped up my game, though. I really, because she was such a neat woman of God, I really wanted to spend more time with her and get to know her. And so finally, after a while, we got to start hanging out and started dating, and then finally, uh, two years later, we got married. And May 27th, 1995, was the second greatest day of my life after accepting Christ. And uh, I am so grateful to share with all the young people out there that my wife and I were virgins when we got, mar- got married. And to, and to know that, that, that we saved ourselves for each other is a wonderful gift. And I always encourage young people to wait for God's best. Even though we make mistakes and none of us are perfect, 
It's so wonderful to experience God's best and when we do it in His order. And so I'm so glad I had Jesus in my life to help me be a dad. And I don't know if that's what happens when you wait till you're married, but my wife and I had five kids in eight years. And <laughs> don't freak out if you wait till you're married that that happens. But, but I'm so grateful to have Jesus to help me be a dad because it's hard work being a parent. And uh, I need him every day to help me love on these kids and discipline them and guide them and train them. And it's, it's very difficult. But um, it's such a joy, too. I got a new understanding when we started having these babies. I got a new understanding of how much God loves us as I see these new life forms, half me, half her, and just raising them and loving them. You just didn't think your heart could get any bigger and love me more, and they do as you get more. But I'm really glad to have Jesus in my life to help me train for the Olympic Games. It's very uh, nerve-wracking. Imagine standing behind the Olympic blocks of the Olympic final. The whole country wants you to win the gold medal. The pressure is overwhelming. And there's three billion people watching by TV. And you're in your tiny little bathing suit. Do you think you'd be nervous? You'd be freaking out. (laughs) And I remember standing before the blocks. A verse came back to my mind that I memorized many times. Philippians 4, 6, the Apostle Paul says... Don't worry. Have you ever worried before? The Bible says don't do it. But I think we do it a lot. The verse goes on. Don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. And with thanksgiving, tell God what's going on. And the peace of God, which you can't describe or understand, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And what that verse meant to me is that I cannot control the other athletes in my heat. There's seven other lanes, seven other guys. I cannot control them. And I can't control the past. I really can't control the future. There's only one thing I can control. And that's me. Right now. And if I depend on the Holy Spirit's strength to empower me to do my best, trusting God with the results... That will free me up to race like I was meant to race. And I love, my favorite movie of all time is Chariots of Fire. And there's a great quote in that where Eric Little, the Christian evangelist, says to his sister before they go to the mission field, he says, God has made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And when I jump in the pool and I train and race all out, I know that's what God made me to do. And I was very blessed to be a part of the USA Relays. And I love the relays. And I'm a leadoff guy. And I got us a nice lead. And the goal of the next three guys is not to mess it up. And thankfully, they held the lead that I got them the whole way. And we won. And when you win at the Olympic Games, guess what you get? A gold medal. I brought the gold medal to show you today, guys. It's really fun to see a big chunk of real gold. and It feels really good. And when they put that medal around your neck and the deafening roar of the crowd is out there. And I was nudging the guys on the podium saying, this is awesome. (laughs) Because it's so loud, it's so great. But it got even better. All of a sudden, I put my hand over my heart and I look at that beautiful flag 
rise up in the air and I, I hear that beautiful anthem. And I sang, sang it as loud and as proud as I could and it was wonderful. Do you ever wonder what the athletes are thinking about when you see them on TV and they're singing? Like, what's going through their mind? Most of the guys are trying to remember the words to the song so they don't look silly on TV. But of course I knew the words and I was singing at the top of my lungs. And the thought I had was just how thankful I was to grow up in a great country where I had the freedom and the opportunity to be the best I could be. And I was so thankful that God allowed our country to enjoy so much good stuff. And I oftentimes wonder, why is it that we enjoy all this? Why does the USA have kind of all this opportunity and freedom and affluence? Do you ever wonder where it comes from? Is it because we're so smart? Yeah, we've got, we got a lot of smart people. You know, but those, those Japanese, they're really smart. They go to school year-round. Is it because we're so, we work so hard? Is it because we're the hardest working country? Well, yeah, we, we have a lot of hard workers. But when I was at China for the Olympic Games, I saw a lot of hard workers there. Is it... Well, here's why I think we're, the, we're so blessed. It's because I believe our country is based on... Christian principles, Judeo-Christian principles that work. They allow the human being to be free. True freedom. The ability to do the right thing when you want to do it, regardless of what anybody else is doing around you. And we have the ability to build a family, build a home, build a business, and no one's going to take that away from us. And I just am, am so grateful for the many blessings that Jesus gives us. And that's what I was thinking about when I was on the podium wearing that gold medal. And I feel like I, I'm, I want to encourage the next generation to keep enjoying these blessings. We want to make sure we keep enjoying these for a long time to come. So how do we keep established these principles that work? Well, it got even better after we sang the anthem and won the gold medal, if you can believe it. Is you, after that anthem, you parade around the pool deck and you wave to all the people cheering you on. It's called the parade. And we're waving at all the people in the stands. And it's so fun because they're waving at me and I'm waving back. I don't know who they are, but it's really fun. But all of a sudden, I remember looking way up in the stands. And I finally caught eyes with my mom and my dad. And this was my favorite part. Because I, 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 my mom and my dad were laughing and crying uncontrollably as they just watched their eldest son win a gold medal in front of the whole world. And I'll never forget that moment when I looked in my mom's eyes. And she's crying. And I start crying. Because we both thought of all those mornings at 5.30 a.m. that my mom would come to my room and she'd say, she'd sit on the bed and scratch my back and say, Son, it's time for practice. I've got your smoothie downstairs waiting for you. I'll drive you to practice when you're ready. Now, she wasn't always that nice, but, <laughs> but I'm so thankful for my mom who fed and cared for me and did all those things for me all those years. And I looked at my dad and I knew I'd made him proud. And I'm so thankful for my dad and my dad's my hero. And when I finally got up to hug my mom and my dad after the race, they kept yelling in my ear something like this. That was awesome. We're so proud of you. We love you. And that, when they said those words, I'm so proud of you. I love you. That was the greatest moment of the whole Olympic Games. And I learned a valuable lesson at those Olympic Games and from my parents that unconditional love is the most powerful force in the universe. 
You see, my parents' unconditional love for a little 12-year-old kid allowed me to try out for a sport I wasn't very good at. Their unconditional love gave me the motivation to go through all those hard times. And sure enough, their unconditional love was the greatest reward when the journey was done. Knowing that I'm unconditionally loved is the greatest truth I've ever known and the greatest gift my parents ever gave me. And I'd like to add in closing, unconditional love is the greatest motivator, the greatest gift, the greatest reward from our Heavenly Daddy. People say, um, it's great you're an Olympian, it's great you're a gold medalist, it's great you're a Christian, uh, what, a, what a wonderful role model you are, and, and God bless you, and, and I say, thank you very much, and you know, sometimes life is hard with wife, wife and five kids and traveling and doing business, and you know how it is sometimes. Sometimes even I get discouraged. Sometimes I lose sight. And to be honest with you, I don't love God as much as I should. But do you want to know what keeps me in this race? Do you want to know what keeps me in the, in the Christian journey? Isn't how much I love God, but how much He loves me. I can't get over it. I can't escape it. When I focus on how much God loves me and how much He loved me through what Jesus did on the cross and coming back to life, it brings a smile to my face. And when I begin to think about heaven and what's awaiting us there and then all the cool things God is is doing here in the meantime, I can't help but smile and think how good it is to be on the winning team. How good it is to have a God who has overcome everything, who is the ultimate conqueror, conquered death. I don't know about you, but it's great being on the USA team because we usually win. We usually get the gold medal. Do you like being on a winning team? I bet you do. But let me ask you a question in closing. What's more difficult in a game? Being in the stands or being on the field? Well, being in the field depends on the score, I guess. Being on the field is very difficult. There's a lot of interaction going on. There's a lot of hard work going on. There's a lot of effort to work together. You're listening to the coach. You're in the huddle, trying to apply the plays, trying to follow the the playbook. It's intense. It's difficult. But here's my last question. Who has more fun? What's more rewarding? people in the stands or the people in the field? I'd say the people in the field are having a lot more fun and a lot more reward. I want to challenge you now to make sure you're in the game. Make sure you're on the field. Make sure you have Jesus Christ as your head coach. Make sure you follow the playbook. And when you have that Holy Spirit, Jesus Spirit within us, guiding us, sanctifying us, then we experience true freedom The ability to do the right thing when you want to do it, regardless of what anybody else is doing around you. And I think when you do those things, that's how you become a champion. And that's how you become a gold medal winner in Christ. After we close in prayer, you'll have a chance to see the gold medals. And I encourage you to wear them and take pictures with them if you like, either at lunch or here. And when you wear this, know that you're a gold medal winner thanks to Christ. And because of what he did for us, we're all gold medal winners because of what he did. I just want to close by saying thank you for cheering on the USA team. And uh, 
just a few months away from London, where the USA team will once again do their best to represent our great country. But more than that, thank you for what you do to represent our good God and our head coach and our king and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Thank you and God bless. I'd like to close in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for Jesus. Let our thoughts go towards what he did for us. And may those thoughts renew in us an attitude of gratitude, a thankfulness that we reflect in our intensity and excellence in what we do for you. And guide us with your spirit. And uh, may we be always motivated by your love. In Jesus' name, amen.